disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, this will be a fun one. Um, Senator Whitney Westerfield is going to join us. There was a, a, a Twitter scruffle. Um, he actually posted something on Twitter that was a question about kids wearing masks in schools. And a uh, vice president of JCPS's Board of Education uh, responded to his question with a big old FU, literally. Some fallout ensued. There was uh, a bunch of Twitter wars. End of the line, basically, this dude who had sent that tweet stepped down as vice president. He's still on the board. Stepped down as vice chair, I think it is, not vice president. I don't know how they do it at JCPS, but whatever. Stepped down as vice chair. Um, and I just wanted to kind of dive into this because, not to harp on that one particular situation, but more importantly because it was a perfect example of how we can't have decent conversations in America anymore. So Senator Whitney Westerfield who asked the original question, have we actually checked into what psychologically happens when we force kids to wear masks? Like, that's the question. It's a very basic question. It's a question we should all be asking before we make mandates, right? So we're going to dive in. This is a fascinating conversation. First, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, for their support of the program. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, they uh, did our kitchen when we lived in Oldham County. They also did our master bathroom. Uh, I, I could not have been happier. Uh, we had a horrible island that was just like really unuseful. And uh, Tim Montgomery came in with his crew and they said, we can fix that. And they made it awesome. Then we got uh, quartz countertops put in. I went with quartz, a little more expensive, but uh, lower maintenance. But there's advantages to either quartz or, you know, all the different types of hard surface countertops. I mean, there's disadvantage. You figure out which one works for you and your lifestyle and they've got it regardless of what it is you're looking for or you want, they've got it for you. And if you're looking for a turnkey kitchen remodel, take advantage of those super low interest rates going on right now uh, to do like a home equity loan or something, get that dream kitchen in place. Or if you're a do-it-yourselfer uh, or a contractor, they've got some amazing uh, cabinets that are already in stock that are affordable, that are high, high quality, and the styles are amazing. you got to check out their website. It's louisvillecabinetsandcountertops.com. Um Love these guys, and uh, they're on the border of Oldham County and Louisville. So if you're in southern Indiana, Louisville, or Oldham County, this is your place. 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, 502-930-3304. All right, let's get to our conversation with State Senator Whitney Westerfield. State Senator Whitney Westerfield. It's been a while since we've had you on, sir. How are you? I'm good, Leland. How about yourself? I'm great. Good to have you back. Everybody healthy in the family? Well, it's, it's funny you mention it. We are healthy, but we're actually... Uh, halfway through our kids quarantine my wife tested positive and her 10 days are up but oh, the kids 14 days started today so i i'm frustrated they're healthy and they're great i'm thankful for that yeah. uh, and amanda and i were both vaccinated and her symptoms would have been much worse i'm sure if she hadn't sure. been but uh, i just hate the kids are missing the first three weeks of school here yeah now nah, no doubt now so she didn't experience experience any major symptoms. What 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 does she go through? As because because I there is there does seem to be uh, a, a positive effect from the vaccine to kind of lower the amount of symptoms that people have. Uh, there's there's no question um, that it was 
mild compared to cases I've heard of where, where there was no vaccine. She had a crummy weekend, right. uh, that first weekend. She had symptoms that were took a couple of days for them to to sort of build. Right. Uh, and on the third day, she was pretty miserable and <laughs> was out for that day. Yeah. Uh, but the next day, she felt uh, substantially better. And within another day after that, she was mostly uh, out of the woods. Now, you uh, you didn't catch catch it. Obviously, you've been vaccinated as well, but it did not spread to you? No. Uh, our seven-year-old and I have, have remained completely symptom-free. Our, our three-year-old son had a fever each day last week. Yeah. He actually tested negative. Um, we took him the first day that he had a fever. Yeah. Uh, thinking maybe he's got it. Uh, but he tested negative. Yeah. Um, that's good. So- good. I, well, and I, I honestly think that ultimately there was a guy that I follow. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, his name's Dr. Paul Saladino. And he kind of made the point. He said, it's not a matter of if, but when you will be exposed to COVID-19 sure. in some form or another. The question is, and, and he was talking specifically about immune system response, but he was like, the question is, how metabolically healthy will you be when it happens? And so, um, you know, it, it, there's there's precautions that people can take. We have the vaccine is widely available. I think if you take the vaccine and in addition to that, you're not also trying to be as metabolically healthy <clears throat> as possible. Those are, are those are the kinds of things that are going to potentially lessen what could happen in a case like this. You know what I mean? And That's so, right. uh, and I know that this is kind of near to you anyway, because you are an inspiration. The The changes that you made to your own uh, physical health over the last few years, um, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be too I mean, dramatic, I was, but I was morbidly obese. Yeah. And, I don't want to be too uh, dramatic, but it could have saved your life, Whitney. <laughs> I mean, really? I, I, I don't, I don't think you're being dramatic at all. I think yeah. it's made a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Whitney from 24 months ago would have been able to, uh, to make it through quite as healthy as I have. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just think that is because one of the things that, that bugs me about this whole situation is that I'm not anti-vaccine. I, I am pro-question. I'm not either. I, right? I encourage no joke in the middle of hot town. I was getting something out of the trunk of my car to drop off at a, at a business wearing my mask. Uh, cause I was allowed to get out according right. to our health department. Uh, and people were stopped in traffic and a lady spoke up and said, hello uh, to me. And I said, hello. And just, you know, she was at a red light, but I encouraged her before the conversation was done and she got the green light to go get vaccinated. And yeah. she said she had been. Oh, that's good. So I, I yeah. think people should get it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess where I'm going with that is I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm pro question. I'm pro people's right. I'm against any sort of mandate, but we have a set of tools. One of those tools is the vaccine. One of those tools, we're not having a conversation nationally. We're having a huge conversation about whether we should force people to get the vaccine. We're not having any yeah. conversation about people doing what you did over the last two years. Uh, people doing what people and folks in my family have done. And that is to uh, try to you know, mitigate those things by having a strong immune system, which you do by getting as healthy as possible. So it, it seems as though we have this big, sort of missing part of the conversation. I think this goes to a bigger part of it too, because you know, there are, there's no discussion allowed of therapeutics. If you, if you go to get tested and they say, you know, you're, they say, Hey, you have COVID. They tell you go home and come back to the emergency room. If you start having trouble breathing. And yet there's a lot of research that shows that there could potentially be some therapeutics that could help people once they've tested positive for it. It might be able to be used in conjunction with the vaccine. Um, 
you know, it's almost as though there's this really weird either or, which seems to be every conversation in America these days, right? It's like there's nothing wrong with talking about the greatness of the vaccine. There's also nothing wrong with talking about the greatness of good nutrition. There's also nothing wrong about trying to have a discussion about and find great therapeutics that we could use as well. That's that's what seems to be missing. I agree. I, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, well, let's dive into the, the main reason I had you on. Um, was because you I made somebody mad on Twitter. You sure did. <laughs> you sure did. Um, you were speaking up for kids and not having mandates on children. Well, kids and parents. I, I posed the question, Leland. Yeah, let's go back. I, I let let, even, let, 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 let you tell the story. About the, yeah, I wasn't even arguing about the merits of the mask mandate. So I I don't think if I, I mean I think a mask uh can certainly help, but it doesn't stop the spread of the virus completely. And Dr. Fauci on down the CDC, there are studies they have currently on their site. Correct. Say that, Correct. that it could cut transmission 50 to 80%, depending on the kind of mask and so forth. So on, he has said, if it's anything less than N95, it's not going to stop it. Right. Kids Especially aren't wearing N95 masks yeah. to school. And the mandate didn't require that they do that. Right. So we can debate that all day, but I didn't even bring that up. I simply asked, Right after the, the governor had his press conference announcing the mandate, I said, did anybody during the, the presser talk about the psychological or educational harm to students by being uh, compelled to wear masks? If they did, I didn't catch it. Right. And I didn't hear him say it. I never hear him talk about it. Right. And I don't have some sort of data on this, though, since this event on Twitter, I've been shared a slew of different things to look at and read. But I've heard from a gajillion parents and teachers, including professional educators in Jefferson County public school system, mm -hmm. who have reached out to me privately and said, Whitney, there is a deal. There is a problem. Students don't behave the same. They, uh, they react differently. They don't learn the same. They can't, especially younger kids, they interact differently or they don't interact at all. Their social growth is impeded. Mm -hmm. Their educational growth is impeded. Um, I think there is some psychological harm for a culture, a, a country that's not accustomed to wearing masks to suddenly having to wear masks all the time. Right. And I hear parents now talking about how their kids um, talked to a, a buddy of mine that works for UPS a few weeks ago. And he said, you know, they were leaving the house and their little kid was scared because he forgot his mask. And that's the that's the world these kids are growing up in. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Traumatized by that in, in a small way. And I'm not even saying that all of that isn't worth uh, the harm. When you talk about what sort of health risks there are, but we're also talking about a population for whom the health risks are pretty darn slight. Yeah, very low. Yeah. Um, and the younger you go, the the more slight that risk becomes. Yeah. And you've gotten. I've joined in a letter with with Representative Myron Dawson, Walker Thomas, and Lynn Beckler, all of my Christian County folks, to the governor, asking if if nothing else, would you please lift the mandate for preschoolers? Right. Because I've had since the mandate came out, I've had parents email look i you know, my kids not potty trained but they got to wear a mask all day long um so would you please consider it for them um i'm sure that letter will be ignored all that having been said i put the question out there just asking did they consider this and a liberal reporter or two retweeted it and of course their following loves me um <laughs> i can't imagine they just, uh, i can't, I can't they imagine me up I got the uh, the liberal reporter ratio on Twitter, and nice. eventually it got the attention of a Jefferson County Public School Board, public schools uh, board member, the vice chair at yeah. the time, who replied, "F you." Right. 
Only, um, he, only he spelled it out. Yeah, he spelled it out. <laughs> and and I quote tweeted him, and I said, hard pass. Uh, and then I reported his tweet. I reported his tweet, and then I blocked his account. Because, listen, you're on social media. I'm on social media. I don't need that sort of nonsense in my feed. The guy didn't hurt my feelings at all. Mm. I wouldn't have said hard pass and tried to be funny about right, it. But right, right. I'm not going to put up with that nonsense. If if that's the best he can offer in terms of civil discourse, right? Then I got. I'm not going to waste my time with the guy. Well, and we're talking um, about that guy. Just he was a jerk. Yeah. Right. And didn't contribute at all. And, if, and funnily enough, if you look at uh, his bio uh, on his uh, on the side for the Jefferson County School Board, or maybe on his campaign site or whatever, he he prides himself on being someone who listens to everyone and. Uh, especially those with whom he disagrees and that he's just this magnanimous leader uh, and benevolent leader uh, of the people for his school board seat. Right. Uh, and all evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Well, uh, and even, even since then he has doubled down and, and thrown me and Daniel Cameron under the bus because we just, we're just wrong and he's just right. Yeah. Well, and I think that to me, and I, I believe he was demoted from vice chair. Was he not? Well, he, he, uh, According to the press reports, he voluntarily okay. relinquished his vice chairman role. All right. Did he apologize for that? Uh, no. Okay. No, not and, not and to the, me. The only reason. Go in, ahead. Sorry. You know, really, something. Another member of the board called me, got my number from a state legislator, and said, "Hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to him. We're all pretty mad about what he did. Right. And this doesn't reflect the board. I'm sorry. Yeah. So cla high class that guy for bothering to apologize for something he didn't do. Right. Well, and that's, uh, anyway. that's the thing is because and, and I actually appreciated the statement by uh, the chair of the board, I did uh, too. Diane Porter, when she said, you know, I she, thanked her. Yeah, I thanked her for that. Yeah, she she brought up and I, and I think the opening statement of her statement is what says it all. She said, as chair of Jefferson County, and I'm reading this from Wave 3's TV uh, web, website, as chair of the Jefferson County Board of Education, I'm mindful that our children and our community are always watching. That right there says it all. Uh, if you as an adult can't be ashamed of doing something that is very, it's just not the kind of uh, of of activity and action or interaction and discussion um, that we are expecting to see from adults. That's wh right. When they mirror, you know, because children mirror us. And there's That's a country exactly song right. about that. The, when the kid drops his fries and in the back seat, and he's just a cuss word, and he's like, you know, the song is about, hey, I'm watching you, daddy. You know, so That's right. yeah. Um, to me, it's, though, it's a really poor example. Um, and you know, frankly, Leland, uh, it reminds me <clears throat> when when the guy resigned. You know, I had had a lot of people. Send me text message wanting to take a victory lap uh, uh, of um, of the outcome for that. It, it made me sad more than anything else. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want anything bad to happen to that guy. I want us to be responsible and good leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's a passage in Romans, uh, chapter 12 that comes to mind. Um, and I thought about Mr. Cole, uh, and I think about this verse or this passage of scripture, uh, a lot, perhaps more than almost any other passage of scripture since I've had a job in, in public service. Romans 12, chapter 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those yeah. who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited, do not repay anyone evil for evil, and be careful what to do, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, 
it's possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone and do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge and i will repay says the lord on the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him if he's thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good it's great scripture uh and i think it, it this is really what i wanted to talk about in the in having this conversation with you uh, was not to have a victory lap because the guy stepped down. He's still on the board, right. but be, right. but because this exchange is such a perfect example of everything that's wrong with our discourse in America today. You know, we can and it, Whitney, you and I have had disagreements politically, right? I mean, in the past, we've had things that we don't necessarily agree on. We've never yelled yeah, at from each, time to time. Yeah, but that that has that doesn't affect friendship. It doesn't affect respect. It doesn't affect ability to sit down and have a conversation, have a beer together, so on and so forth. And it shouldn't. And I can remember a time when I used to sit in coffee houses with my liberal friends and we would have these knockdown, drag out, vehement debates and then leave laughing. And it's as if we can't do that anymore. And that sort of division was already in America. But now you enter a deadly pandemic and then you politicize it. Yeah. And you have it in that atmosphere where everybody's reaction, because I, I just want to go back to your tweet was a question. That's what it was. Like you said, you didn't you weren't taking a strong stance one way or the other other than just to say, hey, when we make decisions, here's what I got from your tweet. When we make decisions, sweeping decisions like this that involve mandates and restrictions of freedom. We need to be thinking through all of the potential consequences of those decisions. We're going to exactly it. Yeah. Because we're going to see here, coming up pretty soon, we're going to start getting the numbers. And we're going to see a massive uptick in depression, anxiety, suicide, and a lot of other bad outcomes from what we did to ourselves over the last year and a half by shutting everything down. We know what, what – we already have some of that data. Some of, I mean, we knew when, uh, when we sent kids home. We had <clears throat> uh, plummeting numbers uh, of reports of, of abuse – uh, and uh, various other harms to children because they weren't in the classroom for teachers to see it, to right. report it, to catch that sort of stuff. Right. We know that uh, suicide rates went up. We know drug abuse went up. Um, those are the those are the side effects of this. And again, I'm not suggesting that we just uh, we assume one side is better or the other, uh, or that one outcome is is better or worse than another. But it sure feels like we're ignoring some really big consequences of some of the decisions that have been enacted as a result of this pandemic. Right. And I'm not sure for a, for a group of human beings for whom the risk is so darn small. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we don't make this much of a hubbub about kids killed in drunk driving accidents. Right. Uh, in, in kids killed in abuse or assault situations in the home. Yeah. Uh, domestic abuse or, or, or the like, uh, how much, how much of a, of a hubbub do we make? And I'm not saying we, we should be doing more on all those fronts, right? but it seems like we are just altering everything for this when there are other things that are just as bad. We've never reacted that way with all these other things before. Right. Um, but, but all goes back to the same point that you were trying to make. If we can't have a civil conversation, I mean, my goodness, Chris Cole, is a human being. I believe he is made in God's image just as I am. Mm -hmm. If I can't have a civil conversation with him or he with me, 
then we've already failed. Right. If right. I can't ask a question of my government, uh, especially if I can't ask a question of my government, for goodness sake, when it's mandating behaviors, I should absolutely be able to question my government. He should be able to question his government. And I suspect over the, the time that Matt Bevin was in office, he probably wanted to question his government. <laughs> right. And I'm not going to criticize him for that. I'm not going to reply F you to him for that or anyone else. Right. That doesn't accomplish anything. If you if you want to know what my late father would say, uh, and, and you know who knows how long this saying has been around, but you can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Yeah, and that really is it. I, I can I can make more friends and develop more trust and build more relationships with that honey response than I can with an fu vinegar response. Right. Well, that that response is a lack of. Well, it's it's a lack of intellectual thinking because you asked yeah, it, it is, you asked it is a, a question. lazy response. It is because you, you asked a question. The proper answer, if you disagree with the question, is here, Whitney. Here's why right. we we considered this. We did consider it. Here's right. why we think, on balance, it's still important to put. Yeah. All they had to do was that. And there, there you have a debate, and then you have That's people right. can decide whether or not they agree with it or not, and you move on. That's right. Um, as opposed to you know something ridiculous like this but i think also this right i think a perfect example of where we're at right now is the fact that we have no widely prescribed therapeutics zero we've been in this pandemic for over a year um it's much easier to find therapeutics than it is to build a vaccine we were able to build a vaccine lightning fast thanks to the last president removing some of the red tape and uh, you know incentivizing companies to get to work on it but we if you like there was a podcast I listened to regularly, Joe Rogan, and they, he had a couple of pretty heavy, heavy hitting scientists and doctor who was an ICU doctor who was on the front line of trying this, uh, of, of fighting this, this. And they were talking about the drug, which is an anti uh, parasitic drug called ivermectin. And I don't know if what they were saying is correct. I just know that they were some heavy hitters in science, and they were saying, look, this is an incredible therapeutic. It's been used as a therapeutic to these kinds of you know viruses in the past, and it can be used again, and we're seeing it being used. Some doctors are prescribing it. But their YouTube discussion of that between a doctor and a scientist was taken down, right? So now we don't know, and we may never know if that is an accurate assessment of what that you know drug could do where we could have people then reporting covid we could immediately give them therapeutics they could be better two or three days later and they could go on with their lives we're so focused on this one thing and one thing only and it's you're literally the the department of homeland security just came out this last week and was like yeah if you're against these kinds of restrictions you're a potential terrorist that's where we are today whitney it really is it's it's frustrating I can't be if I'm not on their side from the and and listen, I'm not saying they're all getting their cues from the governor, but he has a set he has set that as an example. Yeah. Since the day he took office, to question what he says yeah. is to be against him, yeah. is to be uh, fighting on the wrong side of the of the war, to yeah. be uh, to not just be incorrect uh, or to be misinformed or something, but you're the enemy. Yeah. And and you're and we're guilted and shamed into asking questions at all. Yeah. It's not yes, Whitney, or yes, so and so, yes, parent. We heard your question. We understood, and here's where we considered that it's not a, a meaningful inter, uh, exchange of thoughts and ideas and, and yeah. rationales for why they act. It's 
why don't you why don't you love kids enough to save them? <laughs> right, right. Why don't why don't you why don't you love kids as much as I do? Yeah. Uh, to take care of and make sure they're safe. Why do you want people to die? The number no kidding. The number of people who replied to my tweet once it was shared by the liberal press in Louisville, who said why why are you okay with kids dying? Yeah. Why are, why are you okay with teachers dying? Well, that's as if that's, as if there's anybody in the legislature who needs right, right. I mean, it's, it's preposterous. That's such a troll response, though. I was getting a kick out of. Uh, I have a troll right now on on Twitter that that is. Uh, he he. It's funny because I'm not going to respond to it, but but he keeps posting things like because I was making the comment. I said, hey, you know uh, what we're going, what's going on in Afghanistan right now? The way that we're handling this force withdrawal is ridiculous and I was criticizing the president and he's posting things as if I supported um nation building under Bush right and he's posting these funny little memes and I'm just like that's hilarious it would be relevant if I actually had supported a 20-year occupation of Afghanistan if I go back all the way to the very beginning of that conflict I supported going in toppling the Taliban kicking uh kicking um um uh Osama bin Laden's ass and then getting the H-E double hockey sticks out of there, right? That's what I always supported. So that's a troll activity, is to make the assumption that you jump to that that crazy leap where, oh, you don't like masks? You must want people to die, you know? And and really, that can be tracked back to the commercial when Paul Ryan was going to be, was running as vice president under Mitt Romney. Do you remember the commercial where they had a Paul Ryan lookalike pushing a grandma off the cliff in a wheelchair? I don't remember that, but okay. that's exactly what this sounds like. Yeah. From that point forward, that has been political dialogue in America, really sometimes on both sides, especially on the left, but sometimes on both sides. And, and Yeah, how, how dare you? Yeah. Um, I, I find that to be just about uh, as frustrating as anything I've ever encountered in public service. Yeah. Let, but, prove me wrong. I, I ask you to – in fact, there was a, a kid that was just – wearing me out on Twitter after all that happened last week. And he was bringing up other stuff. And I said, look, man, I, by the way, the, the best part, his Twitter bio quoted Lincoln. <laughs> and he said, who is that man? I don't like, I must get to know him better or whatever that right, is from right, Lincoln, something like that. Right, and at right. one point I, I kept going back and forth and he was threatening to go digging and find more dirt and throw on me. It's like, Oh, which he's replying. He's got time today. Right. I do too. Time to dig. Right. Right, uh, and I finally saw that on his Twitter bio. I took a screenshot and sent it to him. I said, "Brandon, this is all I'm saying, man. We all need to be a little bit more like the very quote in your own daggum Twitter bio." <laughs> it's funny. I will. Uh, and that story actually has a pleasant ending. We I actually just said, "Man, I'll sit. Down. Let's go to lunch. I'll, you next time you're in Hoptown or Frankfurt, you let me know, and I'll take you out um, to get a bite to eat on my tree." Yeah. And so, and he was chipper after that. Right. And we've got. I said. Remind me come session when he, he'd be in Frankfurt a lot. I said, let's do it. I'll go off campus and grab a bite with you and we'll talk. Right. Well, if, that's if people that's, will put in a modicum of effort, it can be done. Well, but that's the thing is that we often forget on social media that behind our little avatar that we post on there and our smug little faces and our little, you know, funny little things that we're all human beings. You know, people have that's dogs right. and kids. And uh, I, I was going to circle back and say one thing about. Governor Bashir, which I think is interesting. They often say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but in this particular case, on this particular issue, you couldn't have a bigger difference between how Andy Bashir handles uh, pushback, criticism, et cetera, and how his father did. Um, a lot of people would be 
probably surprised to find out I had a pretty good relationship with his dad. Um, I I was the um, instigator of Governor Chicken Biscuit, and uh, I was constantly mocking and needling and and goading him when he was governor um, in a good-hearted way. Most people recognized that. They clearly knew that we disagreed on things. But his dad, I'll never forget this, Senator Westerfield, um, I had a couple of legislators that were friends that put together the math on eliminating Kentucky's income tax, and I've always pushed for that and instituting a broad-based sales tax, a fair tax, basically. Yeah. And his dad, Governor Bashir, agreed to a meeting with me, let me record it, had a, had a conversation that we aired on the radio. When I got to his office, he had a folder on his desk. When he opened it, it was the proposal that I had sent him. There was handwritten notes up and down the piece of paper. He had read it. And when and, and I'll tell you, I ran into him at UK games all the time. We would sit and talk basketball. There there couldn't be night and day difference between how the two handled criticism. Governor Bashir knew yeah, that I was I've goading him. I've never even heard privately yeah. off the record an occasion when Andy Bashir has done anything remotely close to that. Right. Right. And his dad was wide open in that case. Now, his dad was stubborn. <laughs> You know what I mean? He was well, stubborn. In that regard, they are one of the same. <laughs> yeah, he was stubborn, and then he may he may have listened to me. It didn't mean he was going to agree. But yeah, I I I kind of miss those days when you could have you know debates and conversations like that because it just doesn't seem to happen much anymore. You know, it really doesn't seem to happen much at all. Um, let me just kind of wrap this conversation up with get one more couple thoughts from you. You know, you you obviously asked a very good question about masks. I, I think it's fair for us since, you know, you got ratioed by the reporters to quickly have that conversation. What do you think should be how we handle this in the schools? Um, the, the local level folks should be making should be making those decisions that, in fact, I, I hope that when your listeners hear this, I, I encourage each of you, you guys have to set aside some time, but it's well worth your time. The Administrative Reg Review Committee met today. Uh, and when, as we set out to record this, I think they were still going. But uh, Senator Steve West and uh, uh, Representative David Hale had this meeting, and they brought in a bunch of people, gave them a couple minutes apiece to talk and have their say. And one lady said it best, and I think she said she was from McLean County, which is out in my, my part of the state. But she said, look, our, our uh, infection rate, uh, our positivity rate is like 0.2 or 0.02%. Jefferson County is a 17%. Maybe the standards in McLean County don't have to be the same as they are in Jefferson County, and for obvious reason. Right. Uh, I think the locals ought to be able to make that decision based on their needs. And you had Commissioner Glass in this meeting right. say, of course we know that our school superintendents and our local school boards love our children, protect our children, and have our children's best interests at heart. Right. Then trust them to do it. Right. Last year, last summer, the governor told local school boards publicly and privately develop a plan for returning to in-person. Right. Told them to do that a week before school starts. He said, forget it. We're going to impose our own thing. And KDE shoved everybody uh, into virtual learning. Right. Uh, undercut the local folks. He's doing it again this way. Um, there are other details here in this most recent example of it where he's ignoring the input from local superintendents and educational leaders. And you'll find some districts want to wear masks, Some, including Christian County, my home county. Their board voted to 
changed course. They weren't going to require masks. And about a week or so before the mandate, the board that met, voted, changed its mind, decided to require masks for students. That's fine. But let those local school board members make that decision based on their data and their uh, folks and what they think they ought to be doing. Don't have some bureaucrat who's disconnected from uh, everyday students, their parents and the teachers that have to, to do this job make the decision from Frankfurt. Yeah. And how the people feel in those districts as well. Um, me personally, uh, it might be, this might be where I might slightly differ from you. I feel like it needs to go all the way back to the parents. I think that's who has the best ability to make the decision about their individual children, but you can't get any more local than the parents decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love, I would love for the parents to be able to, to, to be the one that makes the call. If so, my kids wouldn't wear a mask. Right. Right. Um, my three-year-old certainly wouldn't. Uh, my six-year-old, uh, soon to be seven-year-old, wouldn't. Um, again, I, I'm aware of the risks. I'm aware of the concern. Right. She has lived in a house with a po- positive COVID patient for the last week and a half that hasn't <laughs> developed anything. Right. Um, I think she's safe to go to school and not have to wear a mask. I'll tell you something else funny, and this is where the, the results of this are bizarre. A friend of mine, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but no, this is okay. uh, it, it, it. it's part of this and why this is – Sometimes, no matter what the intentions are, the outcomes are stupid and absurd. <laughs> a friend of mine whose elderly father, who's got a broken hip, is in an assisted living facility. Now, my friend is vaccinated, but he's not allowed to go visit his dad. Wow. But the unvaccinated staff of the facility take care of him every day. Wow. It, it's just dumb results like that. So right. even vaccinated kid, he gets one hour. Kid, he's my age, your age. He gets one hour a day with his dad outside, but of course his dad can't walk to get out. Yes. So he's got broken wow. hips. Wow. Uh, but the unvaccinated staff can take care of him. This is what sort of absurd results can come from these yeah. mandates yeah. Uh, and requirements without letting the most local decision-making happen. Yeah, fully agree with you on that. Absolutely. Well, uh, Senator Westfield, it is always good talking to you. You're welcome anytime on the Disruption Zone podcast. And uh, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your schedule to chat with us today. I appreciate it, Leland. I, I appreciate you also keeping it civil, uh, and I encourage everyone else that listens to this, when you engage with folks, especially folks that, that don't think the way you do, remember to be civil. Mm-hmm. Always take the high road. Yeah, You accomplish nothing by doing the other way. No doubt. Uh, believe me, I have posted things on social media and then taken them down, not because they were wrong, but because I went back and I thought, I'm not sure that's helpful. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I, you know, me, you've known me for a long time. I'm, I, I have a bit of a biting humor. I have a, a, a bit of sarcasm, <laughs> just a little, just a little. And, and, and I tend to, I tend to be irreverent, but there's also a line, right. And you have to be that's, careful. That's right. You have to be careful with that line. And, and that is, you know, if you can't say it with a smile on your face, then don't say it at all. You know what I mean? Right on the money. So, yeah. All right, brother, take, uh, take it easy. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Leland. Take care. All right. Uh, I love him. He's a good dude. Uh, He works hard on behalf of his constituents. You know, I I just wanted to have this conversation because I did feel like uh, I got a lot of feedback from listeners that were emailing me on Facebook and saying, hey, this happened. In fact, it was listeners that brought this whole incident to my attention and, uh, you know, dug into it and, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have Whitney on because Whitney's not the kind of guy like I loved his response was like hard pass, you know, it was like that's the way he is and just let it roll off your back. But I thought it, it, it was a good 
way to highlight the deeper division that we have. And what seems to be an abject fear, sometimes on both sides, but definitely heavily on the left right now, to have to have conversations and to have debate. And for the last decade or so, specifically on the left, there has been a systematic removal of debate, a tendency to shout down your opponent. That was the framework with which we entered this pandemic. Everything is left or right. Everything is red or blue. Everything is unquestionable. And that is an untenable position for a society to be in. So anyway, I appreciate Whitney Westerfield and his point of view. And I love the scripture that he brought up, too. I thought that was really fantastic. All right. Thanks to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, for their support of this program. Guys, we couldn't do it without Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. And I have, you know, this isn't just a business that says, hey, we want to sponsor your podcast. Tim and I, the owner, have been friends for a long time. And we're friends because I have a lot of respect for him because I started out as a customer of his. Our friendship started as me being a customer and me being impressed with his work ethic, impressed with his craftsmanship, impressed with his pride in what he and his company does and represents. That drew me to Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They did our kitchen. When we lived in Oldham County, they did our master bathroom. I'm confident the beauty of our kitchen is why our house sold so fast. But we also got years of enjoyment out of it before we sold the house. I highly recommend you take advantage of the super low interest rates going on right now. These may not be a good thing long term, but right now you can take advantage of it. If you've got a bunch of equity in your house, man, you just need to upgrade to that dream kitchen. This is a good time to do it. 502-930-3304. 502-930-3304. George Michelle Kelly, the designers on staff, waiting to hear from you. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, they have got beautiful, high-quality um, really well-priced, really affordable cabinets in stock ready to go today. So from turnkey kitchen remodel to something you want to just pick up, they've got you covered, okay? It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, 6200 Hit Lane. Great idea to run out to the showroom and see some examples of what they have. Talk to those designers or give them a call at 502-930-3304 uh, or LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Zone podcast. Please download us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today. It's free. iHeartRadio podcast as well as Google Play. And share it with your friends and give us a five-star review. That is a huge, huge help. Uh, thank you to Dynamics Productions for their help with the production side of this program. And thank you to you for listening to the Disruption Zone.